Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're getting ready to jump back into our Call of Cthulhu campaign to put away childish things. In our last session, or maybe we might be rewinding a little bit back past the last session, but uh, we went to in part water. one in in part in chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we had been at the library. Uh, we found out a bunch of information about Melvin Walcott, the man who has disappeared, and we are trying to find information. Driver was reticent to tell his story, um, but we worked on him a little bit and said he never saw the guy. He hit Rudolph, is the note that I have, the dead yes. guy, which was Rudolph the guy Spoonheimer. who disappeared from the, from the hospital. That's a whole other thing. Uh, he says uh, he saw swears he saw a dark-haired woman grab Alice. Uh, let's see. But so I have a note here: the body had been missing for a while, recently dead, could be used for nefarious purposes. No soul. I think that maybe was an occult roll that somebody made. We did find out that the doorman Leo was cremated. And let's see. On the morning of the seventh. Uh, we went to the hospital. Kenneth Butterfield was on duty. He might have been the Emmy who, I don't know who the hell we were investigating there. Said okay. it was a heart attack. Uh, I'm going to throw something back out. The uh, doorman was uh, cremated, but what did his autopsy show? Oh, that's it. This is oh, the, 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 the insect cocoon thingamabobble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was asphyxiated and... Uh, Again, reticent to describe what he had seen, uh, but eventually said that there was a uh, caterpillar silk lodged in his throat. Uh, so we went to go speak with Maureen Donovan. She was a naturalist over at the, um, I guess it was at the museum, right? This yeah. Doesn't matter. And you know, like everybody. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you apparently know everyone. Uh, she said that she saved half of it to inspect it uh, later. But in the morning, it was gone. It evaporated. Uh, James Walcott's Melvin's father was not around and died in the Northwest. Mom committed suicide. So her, his father, his mother, Helen Pomeroy Walcott, the Pomeroy family was, uh, I guess, multiple people had committed suicide. Um, New Year's Eve, 1900 weekend. Uh, there right. was a group suicide. It's the most haunted house in Kingsport. Uh, the family, the, there's talk of the family being cursed, that they worship the dark god. Uh, insanity was rampant within the family. And we got the name of the polio hospital in Kingsport, which is now closed. And also the adoption, the Hillside Adoption Adoption Consortium, which is where um, Melvin was uh, housed, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. And, and as horrible as that sounds, that's actually period accurate. Uh, I, I looked it up. There were adoption, like orphanages called Adoption Consortium. Mm, I think that's it. We were we were last I think session. You, you also I... found out his uh, patern that uh, the money he got to go to New York was from his paternal. Oh yeah, uh, grandfather. Right, right, right. Um, who had left him some money and property uh, that would go to him when he turned uh, twenty-one. And that's what they used to buy the the uh, apartment thingy that they bought, right? Right, right. That was their seed money for chasing their dreams in Manhattan. 
Did which, we? I know that we. I know that we learned about the money. Did we learn? Do, does he still have that property, or did he sell it off? No, it's you the apartment that we got in New York, right? No. no? This is the no. first time I've heard about property. Yeah. I, yeah. So we knew about the we uh, we know about money. Well, he they had money, and that was how they rented their first apartment, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But wait, well, Oscar just said property. Oh, did did something slip and I missed it? <laughs> Does he okay. own the house? I think he might be going to a house. Hmm. Um, it, it, when when you recheck the records, it did say it did say cash and property. There, yeah. Well, so he may, if he, if there is any property he owns in Kingsport, mm-hmm. which which is suggested, my own property there. Um, you're yeah. gonna have to chase that down there. There were no I records mean, in New York about it. Well, that's yeah. separate I, from what we'd heard, but yeah, that's a very good point. So, out of game question, because I've played this character in Kingsport. In Kingsport. You've been to the Pomeroy house. I've been to the house, so I would most likely have made this connection. <sighs> if I had the best memory on Earth, even though we know I don't, but I would have... The thing is that the, you the, probably the, remember the, the most property haunted he owns house. is not on the Pomeroy side. He's related to the Pomeroys on his mother's side. The, fa- oh. the grandfather that oh. left him cash and property is his paternal grandfather. Mm-hmm. It's okay. the so non-cursed mem- side of the family. Got it. Okay. Cool. The non-cursed side of the family. Only in Arkham Country. <laughs> hey, there are two two branches of the Waitley clan in Dunwich. Yeah. Uh, I am not denying that. It's just such an Arkham Country thing. Look, if I'm, if I'm gonna write if I'm gonna write in this setting, I'm gonna live in this setting. Well, yeah. <laughs> You, you don't go to Oktoberfest and not order a beer. <laughs> <laughs> or a pretzel. How about that? Okay, so are you ta- are you going to all jump on the train to Boston and then the bus over to Kingsport? Are you going to drive? Like how are you making the trip from Manhattan to uh, to Kingsport? I think bus would. Pro- I think train and bus would probably be yeah, the really. easiest way. Yeah. I don't drive. I mean, we live in New York. Who owns cars? Right. <laughs> okay, I know so... people who do, but oh, Plus, me I know, too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I know what what was the what was the um, the range of a car in 1920? <laughs> that would be that would be a long drive from New York right. to Boston. Yeah, it's a long drive yeah. now. It right. Exactly. Especially, especially in a car that maxes out at like twenty miles an hour, <laughs> right? With with I think solid rubber tires, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so um, you're all getting on the train. Um, you can take the uh, the red eye and get into Boston around dawn, and then probably get into Kingsport, you know, around eleven or twelve, and have half a day to settle in. Or you can leave in the morning and then get out to Boston in the late afternoon and not into Kingsport until the evening. Um, so I would imagine it's probably they have sleeper cars at that point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's as common as train travel is. So whatever you you know, whatever everybody wants to do, like I, I think uh, Harry would be fine with that. Like, 
this is what we're doing, right? So if we could sleep on the way, it just saves us some time. Okay. Yeah. You get into a sleeper car. Um, you guys have been really hitting the pavement hard for two days. And on Harry's suggestion, I think we should sleep now all we can. Because by the time we get out there, all bets are off. Yeah. Okay, so you get the all aboard. Uh, you board. You've got, you know, newspapers. You've got, you know, candy bars. You know, your your baby Ruth bars and Hershey, which I think are period. And, uh, you know, you, you head out and, you know, quickly, especially the uh, – actually, all of you as investigators know – Sleep like soldiers. Sleep when you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you all quickly fall asleep. And then. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a strange feeling. Um, the radio turns on in your sleeper car. Like by itself? Yes. Mm. Um, okay. And it is, uh, it is a, a current local hit. It's a. Uh, a song by Marion Hayes that's mm-hmm. very popular, and it's called I'll See You in My Dreams. Hmm. Oh, dear. Uh, so as that's playing and you're all woken up, there's someone. Uh, you kind of are in the uh, the upward bunk, the, the upper bunks of the sleeper car. Mm-hmm. It, it turns on and uh, you see sitting next to the radio in an a padded chair is a willowy pale woman with very dark hair, long dress, barefoot, and the entire room smells of lilac. Oh, no, thank you. Mm. So like, I think the initial thing is like, hey, uh, turn that radio down. It's the middle of the night. And you know. she says, silly boy, it's later than you think. Later, ma'am rolls over and like pulls the curtain over, and then I guess sees what you described and like you know jumps like what the fuck. All right, I need everyone to make a, a sand check. Uh, yeah, I pass. Uh, let's see. Gonna fail me first. Ooh. Uh, I do. I do not pass. Okay, you t- anyone who fails takes one sand point. I got a super success. Oh, three. Nice. Um, as you quickly realize that the sleeper car you're in is now twice the size as the one you had entered. And uh, uh, the room she's in is almost like a lounge. Like, this is almost like a... Um, like, one of those luxury suites that takes up, like, half the car. Mm-hmm. And you still see the scenery going by in the you know the the darkness as you're leaving Manhattan, and she says we should have a word. I've put on a pot of tea. Uh, don't don't be shy. You've worked so Loretta? hard to find me. I start pinching myself to see if I'm actually awake. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Loretta, Lynette, 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 Lynette. You are good. You've come that far, too far. Sorry. I want to know why you're looking for him. Uh, there's people want to make sure he's okay? He's safer with me than anyone on this world. They didn't say anything about bringing him back, just making sure he was okay. He's fine. So I suggest you leave him in my capable hands. Uh, I didn't come all this way to have you for meddling in things. 
Oh, yes, but you see, uh, people you've been around have gotten hurt really bad. So we just kind of want to make sure that he's not going to end up the same way. Well, So we just want to check up on him. I haven't killed anyone. No, but you've come really close. And actually, you you did? There's, there's one guy. Uh, oh, the one who laid hands on me. <laughs> no. he, had, he had it coming. Well, who are you anyway? What What is this all about? How, how could you even be here right now? We, we were on a train. You're still we on still a train. We still are. Uh, pretty sure we still are. But this, yeah. this isn't the room that we... This, this isn't the sleeper car. I mean, look around. Um, she, your point? And says, uh, maybe you should look around. And I need everybody to make a sand check. God damn it. <laughs> it's Cthulhu, John. <laughs> I got an 04. Oh, Yay, keep holding on to those, please. Thank you. <laughs> 19, I'm getting used to this. Okay. I came very close to as, failing as much as you can fail. As you look out the window, when he, she says, maybe you should take a look around, you're no longer on a train. Uh, you're on some sort of a, a long river barge, and you see, like, the countryside moving by um, on the barge. So as I'm pinching myself, am I feeling anything? Um, you do feel you do feel pain. Time. Okay, so in my head, I am awake. Yes, um, she says that because this just you're probably wondering how I know that you are after him. Well, I figure you have your ways. Yeah, the ways he gave me. He Melville. My master has always tasked me with protecting him. I can detect masters? any threat to him, and I detected you four. We're not trying to masters? be a threat to him. But you're looking for him when you have no business to look for him. On the contrary, this is exactly my business. This is what I do. I'm a private detective. You get paid to meddle. I get but paid to investigate. Who are your masters that told you to protect him in the first place? More than told me. says... I'm more than his protector. I am his defender. I am his lover. I am his betrothed. I am everything to him, and he is everything to me. Um, I am the High Lady of Johanneslin, and I am come to bring my king home. Johanneslin? Can I roll that for a cold ring a bell? Go for it. Would it be mythos or try uh, mythos? But I can do regular cult, correct? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen out of eighty. Nice. Nope. Nip. Nip. I'm totally at sea, trying to think. That's not near Yanith Lay. That's surely not you're not near Yanith Lay. She says, "This is a courtesy. It gets ugly from here." Is there any way we could see for ourselves what's going on and then work out with you what? To tell the people who sent us? Tell them that he's gone home. That he's happy. Because I'm taking him home, and we will be happy. But how are we in your way? And how are we stopping you by looking for him? To Just check to make sure he's okay. How are we interfering with you in any way? You're part of a life that isn't real. He needs and to face the truth. 
So did he just? He'll be happy with me. So I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is by us going to see him to make sure he's okay. How does that interfere with you at all? Can we do it without interfering with you? I've worked very hard to get him to where he is now. You're going to try to undo that. If you've been following us, if you have known our intentions all along, then you would know that we were not hired to do that. We were hired to make sure he was okay. Well, then your job is done. Trust me, he's okay. I could never harm him. Does, does this have to do with this Pomeroy business? Is that what this is all about? She seems confused and says, those are his mother's people. Yeah, but there's something, uh, something not quite right about them. I wouldn't know. He never spoke about them. So they don't fit I mean, into this it, picture at all then? She smiles and she says, oh, you're good. You're trying to get me to give you information. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, just, also, it, 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 it's weird that you would be so close to him and yet not look into like his family, especially something that's. Well, that side thing. of the family, because none of right. that is none of that is real. None of that matters. Wait, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, people die like it's real. Is it? She says, I'm not going. I didn't come here to debate. I came here as a courtesy to make your life and my life easier. Go uh, I appreciate that, ma'am. She says, if you push me, I will destroy you. But we're not pushing you. We are going to see if someone's okay. We're not yeah. interfering. We're not yeah. doing anything to stop. And trust me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put she hands holds, on you. I saw, I saw what you did out, to the last guy. That raises pushed, a so. hand and all four of you are bound like hand and foot in silken threads. Uh, Boom. Hey, I don't know you that well. Sand check. <laughs> oh, I succeeded on this Oddly, one. Oddly, I succeeded. Succeed. I failed. Oh, um, Oscar, <laughs> I failed. I failed the second one. Should something have. Yeah. Should I'll, I have... I'll. Yeah. Three points. Okay. Yay. For this one, three points? I'll, yeah, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, so she says, uh, you know, with, with your. With your your sweet words and, and your flawed logic. Uh, you're going to try and meddle, and I'm going to have to destroy you. I'm giving you the chance to turn aside and let things play out as they were always meant to. I've come too far and sacrificed too much to have you ruin it now. You may think that you can stop me, and maybe you can in this place and in this body, but I'll only find another. And I'll return more determined than before. Only that time, I won't just be trying to hurt you. I'll seek out the ones you love and hurt them as well. Do I make myself clear, children? Crystal. Okay, at that point, she like puts a hand towards the wall, and it just shatters outward, leaving this huge gaping hole. And now you're on a ship at sea. Um, she forms a, a pair of huge gossamer butterfly wings appears from behind her gown and she flies off into the night. Um, and you all are suddenly awoken as the train is pulling into Boston Station. Oh, I kind of like the ship. <laughs> so I think it's like, you know, one of those things where you just like startle awake, like you just hear a couple people. Yeah. Go, 
you know, yeah. and then the whistle blow and the yeah, is the wheel squeal, and you know, pulls the you know, Harry pulls the curtain back and he goes, Did yes. you guys have any weird dreams? Yes, yeah, from that biatch, yeah. And you were there, and you were there, and you were there. <laughs> yes. All right, so it wasn't just me then. Um, can can I do a spot um, hidden to see if there was anything in our room? Go ahead. You don't you don't find anything. Oh, so including a radio. But... Ah. Well, I didn't think wow. so. No markings, nothing at all. No. I mean, it was nice of her. Uh, so so Viv, I know. Um. You know, this is kind of your purview and all, but you you don't happen to know any of those spells, do you? It's not something we ever discussed before. No. Um, and because I did roll a 15 out of 80 on a cult when she mentioned um, something along the family lines, did I get any additional information from that? No. Fuck. Okay. So you're, you're thinking this may have nothing to do with his connection to the Pomeroy family. Yeah. So... Other what than I'm, he's related to them and whatever predisposition they may have, he may have as well. Hmm. No, but I, I don't know any of that. Is that but possible? I don't know. We can look into the Pomeroy family. I mean, I doubt that's going to get in her way. Well, if he has property up here, too, we can, you know, try to find the records on that. The deed seems place is still standing. I mean, that's got to yeah. be where he went, right? I mean, here, here's the thing. I don't think anything that we planned on doing essentially could get in her way. I don't think the orf- orphanage that he would be there, correct? He's not going to be at the orphanage. He's not going to be in his property. Well, but here's the thing. It doesn't it doesn't matter what so Are we're you having doing. this conversation as you're exiting the train and grabbing your bags and trying to get a bus ticket to Kingsport? Sure, sure. Yeah, pretty much. You're shop talking as we're walking, yeah. Everybody make yeah. a luck roll. 92 Ooh, 22 under 35 I failed Alright let me check what mine is, Where is No it? I passed I'm sorry 57 out of 62 Oh yeah 36 out of 75 okay. um, as The ones who make The uh, successful story The successful luck roll You hear a newspaper boy uh, At Boston Station And he's uh, crying out of the, You know top story Mysterious house fire claims the wife of a devoted wife and invalid husband. Uh, yeah, I, let me let me have one of those papers. At least have no. Toss him a nickel. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> grab the paper. And it's. I, I'm sorry, I didn't write a handout. I'm. Tr- I was, you know, uh, <laughs> trying to okay. just survive the the week. Um, you read the story, and it's a you know story about. Laura and Peter Van Brandt. Peter was under long-term care at home by his devoted wife uh, when the house was suddenly consumed by fire. Uh, Police have investigated the scene as possible arson after witnesses claim they saw a woman fleeing the scene. But the fire department has ruled uh, ruled the fire an accident. Is it in that house, that haunted house? No, this is in Boston. Huh. Um, this is, you're not even at Kingsport yet. <laughs> Are there survivors? Why is there a fire in Boston that's interesting to us? I'm a little confused. Well, I don't know. It just seems like a strange, strange circumstance that uh, 
this would happen to just like catch our attention. Maybe it's something that we should uh, take part of the day to check out before we as head you, up. As you read the story closer, Peter Van Brent was a long-term, a long he's under he was he was in a coma. Looks like our uh, our friend there needed Being a kid little for uh, by his wife host. at home. Oh, oh, okay. So on the one hand, she does need to borrow a certain type of body. On the other hand, she can always find that type of body. Now she can always make that kind of type of body. Same difference. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so much for her uh, uh, never harming anyone. You read, you read in the story that uh, uh, he was—he had a gunshot wound to the head. He was—he's a grocer, an innocent bystander during a mob hit in his establishment. How long has uh, he been in the coma? Three years. Yeah, I don't think she'd count him. But the woman who was taking care of him died too, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're both dead. They're both okay. Good. I mean. It is possible she intended that as a warning, too. Or it's possible she doesn't consider any of this. I sort of gesture around me real. Mm. Well, she said um, as much. Uh, you I, do find the name of the witness who claimed to uh, uh, have seen it, uh, seen the woman fleeing. And uh, it was a, a, a young neighbor named Tommy Gibson. Um. She did mention, did, does anyone remember her mentioning something about how none of this was real? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She said. And Lots. that she mentioned something about in her body or the body she had. And oh, yeah. she needed to come. So I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're all connecting the same dots I'm connecting right now. Without yeah. saying it out loud because there's people around us. Well, so yeah, I mean, if if you're saying what I think you're saying is that she's not, she's inhabiting that body, like that body's not real either. Well, the body's real. Well, oh, yeah, you yeah, mean yeah. that body? No, so, that body might not be. That's that's true. I mean, it's the one that she's controlling, right? Or the one that she was given by her masters to uh, keep uh, keep an eye on uh, on Melvin. Mm. Hmm. Because she said maybe we could defeat her in this form. So the, the form itself has got to be human, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, any other, any, well, I mean, any other form walking around the city is going to kind of draw a little bit of attention. So, so my thing is not necessarily the form that it, the, I, my concern is the form that Melvin is currently in and that may not no longer be needed to be in that form if that makes sense yeah um, so you're thinking melvin might be uh not exactly of this material plane on his father's side no possibly <laughs> no i mean this I, is I, important i i gen- i what i what that was great i, I don't I, I i i i just find it very odd that it, the both the husband and the wife died <clears throat> and after the comments that she made to us the the threats she made to us yeah but here's the a thing. little bit of a point there if, if she's some kind of spirit creature or something from another plane of existence or some other world then 
we we don't matter to her so much. So if she kills one people or ten people, I don't think she or it really cares or considers. I'm concerned yeah. for his safety. Well, here's the thing. We don't know if he's exactly what she says. If he's someone who can be made into what she says, whether he wants it or not, but could also not be made into what she said and could have a normal life, or whether she's an insane spirit or whatever. And um, either way, um, she's already drawn her line in the sand. That's true, yes. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to get in the way of something that we shouldn't be, but she's not letting us see. And um, I, I'd kind of like to take her word for it and just go home, but I can't just take her word for it. I understand. It's just something that popped into my head out of nowhere. And I just wanted to make sure that other people were aware. That's yeah. all. I think we're all on the same page here, which is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. All right. What's, um, so what's your next step? You're spending a lot of time in the train station. Oh, that's like we're right. Just, people are parting around oh, us. We're just kind of like all grouped together. Well, in theory, we're supposed to hop right on a train to Kingsport. The question is, a do bus. you want to... A, a bus. Yeah. The question is, do we want to delay to check what we know in Boston? Well, I mean, if we put the dots together, and the guy was in a coma, so we assume that maybe she's using that body for some nefarious purposes. Like talking to us. It could have been, but she was in the in the dark-haired form during our dream, so... Well, yeah, but remember that bus driver saw her in the dark-haired form when she was in that other guy's body. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, I think that was either something she... Did as a courtesy to us or something she had to do to talk to us. Oh my god. That means that when she went to see Melville in his building, she was in that other guy's form and everybody saw her in her form and I think I'm gonna sit down for a minute, just a minute. Um, can I borrow your flask? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he passes the flask. He lights a cigarette. He lights a cigarette for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's gonna take a good long uh, sip and then trade it for the cigarette. Hey, look, maybe maybe we should like you know maybe we should go get a cup of coffee and a bagel, or whatever. Like, just sit for a couple minutes and see when the next uh, the next bus is, and, and try to collect ourselves here a little bit. Okay, yeah. you yeah. find a quick diner not too far from the station, and uh, sit down for breakfast. You know, local people are talking about the mysterious fire. It seems to be the story of the day. Um, a lot of people are saying that. Maybe it was a, a mob hit because, you know, he was wounded by the mob. Maybe they wanted to silence him. And somebody said, the man was in a coma. I, I think he was as quiet as he's going to get. Hmm. Um, so, you know, the usual uh, chatter of, of people at the diner in the morning. I'd like to make a spot to see if anybody stands. Does anybody seem to be paying us any undue attention? Roll spot. All right. I would love to. <laughs> that's, that's the plan. <laughs> Six, 60 under 65. Uh, no, no one seems to be paying you any undue attention. 
Okay. I mean, we have no idea what the what the what the guy looks like, but yeah, to see if she's watching us, you know, and Understood. you know, hear about her mm. deeds. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, even if he came out of his coma, the mob would at least wait and see if he remembered or pretended to not remember or didn't not remember before doing anything they're businessmen. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think this has got anything to do with the mob. I mean nah. this is all this is all her doing. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. If 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 Viv can't cast any spells, is there some way we could like like how do we protect ourselves against like she came after us while we were sleeping, so maybe that gave her an advantage, but uh Leo certainly died. And, well, what's that place she said she was from? Uh, it was uh, something like uh, Jill Johanneslin or something. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell to anybody? I nothing came up for me. It it, it should. I asked. I rolled a cult on it. Check your notes. Is that is that the um, the polio hospital, Johanneslin and something? Hold on. Johansson and Miles. I think that's what that says. It's Johansson and Miles. Oh, Johansson. Okay, so that's a different thing. But it is a, a very similar name. Oh, is that is that is that the clue? Is that where you're pointing us? <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so the question is, are you going to linger in Boston to look into the mysterious fire, or are you just going to get on the bus and head over to Kingsport? I, I don't know. So, so what do you think? I mean, is there anything to be gleaned from this? I mean, if if we're going to assume that she took the body to do something, then it's this, none of our business. Okay, so if she was looking at us to see if we're going to go back or not, at the very least, she'd understand if we spent a night and got back on the train. So I don't think we're more at risk investigating here. The question is whether we'd be wasting time. And I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't, I mean, every, every hour he gets further away, or at least it gives her more time to do whatever, whatever it is that she's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it um, doesn't matter what we do. If we don't turn around and hightail it back right now, then she's going to assume that we're still exactly. coming and she's exactly. going to come after us, right? I mean, that's the it, it doesn't matter if we go to the polio hospital, the adoption agency, or whatever, she's going to see it all the same. Mm. I don't see a reason to stay here. All right, so you're going to head over to Kingsport. How do you all feel about that? Yeah, I'm good with it. Okay, you get on yep. the bus, um, you arrive in Kingsport mid afternoon. I want everyone to roll a uh, a luck roll. I'm oh, going to two. need hard. Wow, I was about to say hard or extreme. <laughs> Sixty-one. Fourteen. Uh, I got half. I got hard. All right, Millie. Yeah. Give me roll a ten. Tell me if it's over five or under five. Uh, sure. Under five. Okay, under five. Uh, give me the sum of two percentile dice. You mean roll them and add the tens and the ones? 
No. Yeah. Roll them. It's like 53 and 21. Give me that number. Oh, okay. Oh. 12 plus 7 is 19. You rolled a 1, 2, I rolled a 12 and a... Yes. I, I don't know what's going on with my dice. Okay. So his that's... Uh, uh, give me a give me a random letter. K. All right. Okay, so you actually know a Harold Kleeman who lives in Kingsport, um, and apparently he uh, with an O two shit. He owns a rooming house. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when you show up uninvited, he rolls out the red carpet. And uh, gives you two large corner rooms. He says, you know, nobody's here. Uh, it's the off season. Nobody comes to Kingsport in March, but I'm happy to see That's that true. you're here. Um, he, it's like a, a bed and breakfast place right on the water. So it's like these luxury rooms. And he says, you get some people at Christmas. You know, there's nothing like Christmas in Kingsport. But <laughs> I, uh, see there. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But this time of the year. You know, uh, you know. Let, let me, you know, let me play host to you and your friends. So, uh, basically, two rooms, double beds. You know, um, so you guys have like almost the whole second floor of this three-floor rooming house on the bay. Uh, he Thanks. puts fires on them. He, uh, him and his wife, make soup and sandwiches. And you know they they cut uh, they and slices of pie. Uh, they're happy to have some guests and company, and uh, they're charging you. Um, yeah, Harold Kleeman. Uh, they're they're basically charging you like one dollar a day. Wow. And these these were like like meals and board in this place would usually wow like in the in the time prime season it would be. Twice that, three times that. Oh, at least. Yeah. But it's the off season, and you rolled an O two, so you know if it hadn't been for you giving you know the Heimlich maneuver, his three year old would have died because you were the probably nurse, you were the nurse in the restaurant who just happened to be there. With yeah, an O2. probably. So he's happy to give you a base of operation for your your stay in Kingsport. So I, I assume we probably schmooze that night then and. You know, oh, this place is lovely. Oh, dinner's great. Oh, this is the best pie I've ever had. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, we, you know, we we super appreciate you letting us stay here. And yeah, you know, all that kind of he stuff. Says, no problem, no problem at all. We don't have any. Uh, where we probably won't have any bookings until Easter. Does anything exciting ever happen up this way? Anything, anything crazy out of the ordinary? Kingsport. <laughs> Not really. People come here to get away from crazy and unexpected. It's a sleepy kind of place. It's, uh, you know, people come, they, in the off season, the only people who come here are, are artists and writers looking to escape and, you know, connect with their imaginations. Mm. There's definitely one hell of a view. Oh, you should see it when the sun is shining. Uh, right now in Kingsport, it's, it's been gray for like a week. Um, and it's just raw and cold. Like winter is not letting go um, yeah. in in Kingsport right now. So lots of freezing rain and hail and icy streets. So it's almost as if the uh, the town is almost like on lockdown. Like everyone's inside. There's smoke coming from 
chimneys, the windows are all frosted with steam, you know. And in the uh, late afternoon, you know, the mist comes in off the sea, and, uh, you know, they don't call it the city in the mists for nothing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. True that. All right, so if you want to uh, unwind and just hit tomorrow fresh, they are more than happy to let you guys take naps after lunch, enjoy the reading room and the library. There's a, a large local cat that is by the fire, and they say he's not even our cat. Um, <laughs> he just he comes two or three times a week and usually stays a day or two, um, but. That's okay. Oh, God. Millicent remembers Kingsport. There was this plant business. Oh. Yeah. Valthum, the God, God King of Mars? I yeah. remember that one. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Golden Age Master Scott David Anielowski on that. Um, okay. So, yeah. You uh, enjoy the rest of the night. Uh, the afternoon and the evening in uh, Kingsport by the fire. They uh, make a, a Yankee pot roast for dinner. So everybody's like well fed, uh, really warm, you know, warm, comfortable beds. Like these are romantic getaway suites, like for seaside uh, uh, people looking for getaway weekends. So they're mm-hmm. very, very comfortable. Um, Millie's feeling sufficiently. Weirded out by the thing on the train that she's going to have, like, two cups of tea out on her night table just as she gets a visitor. No problem. Right. Worst case, I'll drink them in the morning. Well, so be, so before we turn in, then, as, as we're going, going to talk about that. Around, um, you know, Harry says, uh, you know, look, um, I think maybe... We're going to say his wife's name is Rose. Rose, okay. Um, so I think, you know, when we turn in for tonight, maybe, maybe we should sleep in shifts. I don't, if, if she got us while we were sleeping, then maybe it makes sense for somebody to stay up in each room. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly it happened in our sleep though. So how are we supposed to know if the other ones are having an attack in the sleep or not? I'm not sure it'll make a difference, but it couldn't hurt. I was thinking the same thing as Harry. It couldn't hurt for us to do that um, if we see the other person moving Moaning, in an abrupt way, yeah, wake yeah. them up. Um, I know I'm kind of a dainty sleeper, so if I'm moving and kicking around, that means something's not good. Okay. Um, as you guys are, so, well, you guys are in adjoining rooms, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to leave the door open between the two rooms. I mean, I Harry wouldn't think like, oh, anything of it for himself, but if, you know, like the impropriety in the 1920s of like having the door open between the rooms, I don't, I mean, I don't think that Harry would care per se. I wouldn't. As long as our hosts aren't likely to wind up walking in and being scandalized, I'm a nurse. I've seen it all. I assume you've seen it all. Okay. All right. So you keep the, the door open. Mm. And you are, are so you're going to be sleeping in shifts. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, so is it one person awake, and then two hours later they wake somebody else up? Two hours later they wake somebody else up, so everybody gets six hours of sleep. Sure, I think mm-hmm. I was works. considering four hours. 
Keeping two people up? One in each room. We could do that, too. That was my original thought. Okay, so who are, who is awake for shift one and who's awake for shift two? I'll do shift one. Okay. I'll do shift one. But he's sitting there with a cup of coffee. He, oh, you know, he's got a cigarette going. He pours a little whiskey into the into the coffee. Okay, so I'm going to roll randomly. I am pleased to meet you. <laughs> Futurama. I had, I had a I had a guy that did that at a game store like <laughs> mm-hmm. twenty uh-huh. years ago. Uh, it was funny that it's funny now. Okay, yep. so. <laughs> Um, those on second shift. Yep. Um, you hear an incessant scratching at the lady at the door of Millie and Vivian's room. I'm gonna go over and open it, because if it's her, there's no point in keeping the door closed. And if it isn't, I want to know who it is. A a large dark shape darts into the room and leaps onto Vivian's bed. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.